tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In episode 16, part B, Dan picks up his Sir Stratocaster, walking us through how he has his guitar set up, namely so the lower tone controls only the bridge pickup, Dan demonstrates how he can dial in a thick rock sound which any humbucker would be pleased to put out. This along with the chimey strat sounds really make his guitar a versatile instrument. go on to look at maybe a whole bunch of sounds we can use your amp if you like yeah if you like yeah i'd love to yeah put it through its paces but we'll go, get, put my guitar away for the time being. we'll use the same setup but we're going to challenge a few preconceived ideas about what guitars are good for what the main ones we're going to look at really is like les paul versus strat yeah okay you know, a lot of people go, oh, Strat's really good for a clean sound, just nice and bright and shiny. And they are, but a Strat will do a surprisingly fulsome tone. And I'm going to show you how you can compete with a humbucker. Okay. That's Great the next stuff. thing. The first thing we're going to do is going to do a clean sound on this, if I may. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the Sir Stratocaster plugged in now, straight into the clean. Let me talk you through... A little bit about this guitar. Although it is a Sir Strat, it is to all intents and purposes a Strat. It's got an older body, which has a fairly neutral sound to it, but it has some quite nice support to the lower mids, um, which is good when you're using a single call. We've got a quarter sawn, and the quarter sawn is sawn from, in a certain particular way, a swad strength maple neck with Indian rosewood fingerboard. We've got Jim Dunlop 6100 fret wire, just big, lovely chug of stuff. And we're sporting, although it's a Sir Guitar, a genuine Fender six-screw vintage-style bridge, which has been slightly modified for tuning reasons by the guys at Sir. And we've got three ML pickups, which are the uh, Michael Landau pickups. Right. Sir Michael Landau pickups. Um, it's the Scott Henderson model, and Scott Henderson specifies that he doesn't use a hot bridge pickup for tonal reasons. So the pickups are all the same. They're all 6.5K and you just have to stagger them, as I've done there, as per the measurements on the Scott Henderson website, to get your balances right. Kind of moderate output then, really. Yeah, but it, it kind of works out, I guess, like if you if you bought a sort of normal set from a Fender Custom Shop, you know, you might you might have like a 5.9, a 5.9, and a 6.5 at the bridge. Yeah. Okay, so it's sort of the same sort of thing. So through a clean sound, I'm going to go tones all out, and neck pick up, this is what we're getting. <laughs> Exactly what you'd expect in between sounds. Really Middle position. Mm -hmm. 
and middle together. Very country. Now interestingly with this guitar there's no capacitor on the volume knob so actually once it reaches full output that's quite a full-on sort of sound as it were almost over bright knock it back a notch it warms up considerably lose some of those nasty highs. Yeah. Now what I'm going to do now is get Gary to switch us on to the sound that we had before. Yep, yeah, with the lead boost and everything, yeah? Yeah. With it. So. Okay, so now let's add the EQ in yep. for even more meat. Now, again, folks, we haven't touched the controls on the amp. I have fiddled around with the controls on the guitar. I'm going to tell you what I've done in a minute. I'm going to got two tone settings, so I'm already lost. It's <laughs> all right, I'm going to fill you in. This guitar, for some reason, this seems to freak people out more than anything I own. A Les Paul, you expect it to be big. Yes, okay. You expect a PRS to go on, you know, so many rock players use them, going to deliver that sound. If it doesn't, we're disappointed. And I've got the Sir Guthrie Govan. Well, we all know who Guthrie Govan is. If you don't, if you've been living on the moon for the last 20 years, go and look up who the hell he is. Yeah. And listen to his tone. He's, you know, he's a great player. And although he doesn't use stacks of gain, he uses plenty to be getting on with when he needs to. Now, I'm using the Strat here. This freaks people out because this is the guitar you don't expect to have a killer high gain lead sound out of. And yes, it does. Now, with the EQ on. Nothing high output about this. There is no active electronics. Yeah. 
and I haven't touched the gain, so I'm not even getting nearly as much gain as I'd normally dial in myself on the amp for this guitar if I were gigging it. I'd usually be dialing in a little bit more because my output's a little bit lower. Yeah, we're still only just over noon, really, aren't we, on my amp? What you may notice, uh, okay, let's let's take let's take the gain up to the three o'clock position. Yeah, and kick in the kick in the EQ. Here we go. All right. <laughs> take the game back to a sane level so this guitar really sings yeah so why does it really sing when we often think of a strat as producing kind of like the sounds it did on the clean sound bright twangy yep that's not bright or twangy no it's thick notes and uh, they retain their fatness as you go up the board yeah. yeah well a lot of it is to do with how we yeah, how we make the guitar work for us so the way this guitar is wired, it's not quite like a conventional Strat, but it's not a million miles away. And actually, if you had a soldering iron and some intuition and a schematic drawing and a little bit of talent, you could have easily rewire any vintage Strat for this. You could take your Squire Strat and rewire it this way. We've got one master volume, as all Strats have. We then have the tone in the middle, which operates the middle pickup and the neck pickup. Now I have that set so that if I was using clean sounds, if I didn't think they were bright enough, I'd probably max it out to 10. On dirty sounds, I tend to have it hovering around 7. Just to take the real bright sort of on the top, that nasty top end off. So. so there's plenty of oomph. Yeah. But... Can I hear it with as well? With so... take some yeah. of that tizziness out of it but not so much as to lose the um, stratty character you know we're not down here on zero what a useless tone that is but go up to seven it's the sweet spot we're talking about So this operates the on the neck and the middle. The lower tone control just operates on the bridge pickup. Now, if I went to the bridge pickup and I maxed out the tone control to 10, we'd have those horrible sounds that have people reaching for the Gibson catalogue. <laughs> A bit harsh. Roll that tone control there. The difference with this guitar is the tone control, the lower one, just operates on the bridge. So I've got it on about half. Yeah. Now I've been doing that with strats 
well, making sure that there's a tone pot wired into the bridge for a start. It's a very easy mod to do, just doing that, actually. Yeah. Normally, the lower one used to operate the middle pickup only, but now it's it's very, a lot of guitars, a lot of guitars leave the factory, thankfully, with the, the bridge pickup wired to the lower tone control as well as the mid pickup. Yeah. But in this way, it's the other way around. So the, the neck and the bridge, sorry, the neck and the middle have the tone control and the middle wired to them. The lower tone control is bridge only, so it's completely independent. <laughs> So on ten, on five. The time it takes for that, I imagine. Yeah, it sings, but it's still clearly a single coil. Yeah. On my particular guitar, and this is becoming quite a common adaptation on on the strat. The middle position, sorry, the neck and middle together, bridge and middle together. The tone is always full on. Those positions seem to add a little bit of mellowness to the sound anyway. So actually having the tone full up there doesn't hurt proceedings at all. So it's wired so you don't have to touch your tone. So there's no tone on those at all. Alright, oh, they're just set to full. And that setting as well where the two are together at the back. Yeah, so these two and these two. So you can't control the tone there. Usually you would, you yeah, know, need to. I don't find myself touching the tone in those positions too much. Really. It means you can go from that to. And back again. Yeah, you've got a really nice rhythm and leads. Um... touch the amp settings yeah yeah that's it so if you've got a strat out there folks you only have to there's a, a tiny little mod you can do you can probably do it at home quite happily if you're not sure take it to a guitar repair don't screw your guitar up on our behalf and get a little wire and it is just soldered between a couple of the tabs on the switch i think and that brings the lower tone pot into into play with the bridge pickup. And it works every time. As I say, I've been doing this since since I was a teenager. The first strat I owned was an American Standard. And that had a lower tone pot wired into the bridge. And it just makes your strat that much more usable. I've played... I know it sounds crazy, but it, well, I tend to take one guitar to a gig. It's just so much hassle taking more. And I'll make the guitar do what I want it to do. I've played Sweet Child of Mine on a Strat. I know it's wrong, it's bullying, it shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> but I have. You can make it sound surprisingly fat when you want to. <laughs> it's not a Les Paul, we know this. But just by tweaking those tones... Yeah, probably with a bit of EQ or something like that. A little yeah, a bit more game. It's surprising as well. It's like if you combine this guitar with something like a Sua Coco Boost, which has a mid-boost feature on it as well as the clean boost, the mid-boost and a little bit of careful dialing in of, of the tones on the, on the guitar itself kind of really puts you in, in directly up against humbuckers without too many problems. You know, you, your sound can thicken up quite considerably using that. But yeah, I mean, that's 
how to make this sort of thing rock. Yeah, it sounds great as well, doesn't it? It's just amazing. It's pretty I've cool. I've never had a Stratocaster, so I've never had the struggle. <laughs> but uh, I do love some of those uh, those tones that the Strat's got, and I was always after mm. that when I picked up the PRS. And, and there's that one setting on the PRS, isn't there, where you get some really nice... Very Strat-like sounds. Yeah. Interestingly, when I was about 18 or 19, I worked in a music shop, and I remember one of the guys in there saying... I kind of sort of totally agreed with him. He said I used to look at the the strat, you know, in the music, you know, in the music shop when he was a kid. This one, and you know, he'd have an SG, and he wanted a strat, and he'd looked at this thing, and it looked futuristic, you know. He, he said it looks like it wants to scream, you know, and you plug it in, and it's almost a letdown in as much as it doesn't quite scream. Actually, if anything, the the kind of SG has more power and sings more and has a bit more throat to it. But you kind of sort of, you learn to embrace the different qualities of an instrument and also to make them do what you need them to do. I've gone out and done full-on rock gigs with this when I've been in the mood for it. Or sometimes yeah. I'll even, I'll, if I've been playing in, in my regular band doing a lot of rock stuff and we've got a wedding booking, I'll take this out because it's just a softer sounding instrument than some of the others and it just kind of brings the whole tone down a little bit, calms the set down a little bit by, by not being quite so ferocious sounding as some of the humbucker guitars. But at the same time, if you want it to kind of party and do some, some pretty serious sounds which you know would stand up against a decent set of humbuckers it'll do it i guess if there was a wedding and you had loads of kind of beatles tracks that they wanted or something like that it could work i mean yeah. i played beatles last you night using a les paul using the le- yeah cool. you know um i think once you get to a point where you're confident with what you can do and you're confident not just in your abilities of what you can play but how you can conjure sounds out of an amp <laughs> I like guitar. that phrase. Conjure. <laughs> Conjure amp sounds out of an amp. That's yeah. it. That's basically what it is. It's, it's know, a magic trick. <laughs> it is. Duh. But when, when you're confident that you can do that, you realise that, you know, if you had to, if you were left with a Les Paul Jr. with one P90 at the bridge and a volume and a tone control and nothing else, and you had to play a wedding gig, and you had to cover everything from, from take that to the kinks and everything in between, you'd make it work for you by different techniques of playing to make it sound different, strumming in different places, yeah, you know, all that kind of thing to kind of soften or brighten the sound, or and the audience would never know. But they're too drunk at wedding gigs, aren't well, they? We can live in hope, can't we? But I, it, it's about... I don't think I feel confident with that at all, but... Um, it's about stretching sort of what an amp can do. You know, I, I like an amp that's pretty straightforward or simply laid out. Most guitarists do. So they can turn up to the gig, start with everything on 12 o'clock, mm. and then by, by the third number, you know, they're, they're sort of virtually there with their sound, you know? Yeah. And while it's, it's a slightly more the overall pitch with pedals and pickups and goodness knows what, it's a much bigger pitch of, to worry about. Things like getting our gear to sound good on the night is very important. Yeah. And the how easy that is to do is, is important to a lot of people. A lot of guitarists are quite, I don't know, show them a two-channel amp and they look worried. Just, you know what I mean? They, they want one with an on and off switch and nothing else. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've met plenty of guys like that who do, you know, if you give, if you give them more than a, more than one pedal on the floor and, and one channel on the amp, they're like, oh, I just like things really simple. And so, well, how simple? That is simple. But when you're doing these gigs where you're trying to get lots of sounds, how far you can stretch one channel can go a very, very long way. 
Yeah. You know, and also sometimes when people are changing things just incrementally, like you've got, they've got them like midi patch for everything. You know, sometimes that doesn't hit the audience quite the same because they're not, you know, for all the effort that's put in, it's not necessarily making a big enough difference out front. You know, it I know we, so many things on the night, doesn't it? How the audience are reacting. And yeah, absolutely. Who they are. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. I mean, I, I find I find these days I can go from one sound to another a lot more smoothly. I can control my guitar a lot better. I can make most guitar and amp combinations work for me. And especially when you're doing things like weddings, it's it's amazing how different you can get things to sound with a few pedals and. You know, it's not just the sound coming out of your amp, it's the effects and everything else. Mm. I can get my amp with a bit of reverb just to sound very, very traditional. The kind of sound you'd expect to hear on an old ACDC record. Yeah. You know, I can also get it to sound surprisingly modern. A dab of delay and a little more gain goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of these things, maybe not a delay, but certainly a dab more gain, you can dial in from the guitar itself if you want to. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 